this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout, Red Diamond, Red Diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red Diamond, Red Diamond, protect us till the The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on seer it fell. And like a dart shot to its mark down in an alien well. Magic effused the Lorcan blood to crystal red and strong. Then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost Nern to men, Akatosh gave the stone. To Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne Red Diamond, Red Diamond, the heart and soul of men Red Diamond, Red Diamond, protect us till the end Red Diamond, Red Diamond, protect us till the end Welcome and well met. Come warm yourself by the fire and let us regale you with mighty tales. Tales of adventure, tales of heroism, tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Jelos, and I'm the one sneaking around stealing from guards because it's risky and I like it. Uh, well, we're back with a little surprise night. We, uh, we, we missed recording this weekend due to it being Father's Day and... Uh, um, I think Ark had some sort of excuse on on uh, Friday or Saturday, um, which I let him get away with because he's Ark. But uh, Ark is back, so how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. And yeah, a friend of mine had a birthday, and um, his wife just called me and summoned me practically. <laughs> uh, we are all very old friends, so um, I kind of ended up having to go, even though I was feeling lazy about it. Uh, <laughs> Hey, it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah. So, yeah, we're back. We are back in Tamriel again. And, uh, yeah, so we've got some stuff we got to go over. we got to go over our in-game um, adventures that we've had, a little bit of news. And I, I'm pretty sure I promised people something. What was it that I promised them? Mm, 36 Lessons of Vivek Season 2? Yeah, that might have been it. <laughs> 
our sermon to lessons of the lamp <laughs> yeah the living lamp the living lamp and that one i'm calling vivek a lamp <laughs> it looks like it yeah so i i have uh i have sermon two ready to go um so we will talk about it it's uh it's interesting. It's it's not it's not as uh, it's not as fun as uh, some of the first one, and uh, it's definitely not as fun as some of the later sermons, which we will obviously get to. Um, but I think you'll enjoy it nonetheless. So, uh, before we get into any news, we got to know about what we've been doing in the well in the realms of Nern. There we go, uh, Arkanir. What have you been yes. doing? Well, um, I finally started to reestablish in North American Mega Server. Oh, so that's one thing I'm starting to get back into it. Is there How a about, reason yeah. why you're getting back? I uh, mean, I, I'm glad of this. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm just <laughs> I'm just curious, really. You are not glad. You are probably jealous, like because the better tank is returning to Wings of Fate. Oh, you respect his sexplar. <laughs> <laughs> People will realize how bad your sex blur is. <clears throat> no, no. See, Vivek himself is a sex blur, especially if you've read some of his sermons. Yeah, so, Vivek is a lamp. He is, he is the most amazing sex blur in existence. Um, he is he's the master <laughs> sex blur. And, uh, yeah. Oh, I just ticked off a guard. Run! <laughs> um, so, anyway, as you yeah, were saying. Uh, yeah. yeah, jokes aside, um, since I've kind of graduated i well i didn't get my diploma yet but um i did like no, I, I, did. I think i did because <laughs> I, I passed everything okay so uh, mm-hmm. i don't have any time constraints anymore for the time being so that means i can play on any server i want without any problem okay. i can be awake whenever i want and so that's why i retu- i'm returning to north american mega server well I'll, I'll still continue playing on europe too since you know, the low ping is really fun, especially in PvP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll stay there. Anyway, so first thing I did, obviously, when I was reestablishing in NA, was obviously the inventory management, because you know that's, that's the first thing you do after coming to a server or a game after a while. And guess what I con- deconstructed first? Uh, My reactive set. The whole thing? Now... Gladly and thankfully, I had three pieces of jewelry, but two pieces of armor just went down the drain. Like, oh! I logged in. I opened my, you know, went to a blacksmith, uh, blacksmithing station, and those two were the first things I deconstructed. You didn't use I, the lock. No, I, I never used the lock. I, <laughs> I, I just go on with it. You, you may want to uh, think about, you know, you know, using that <laughs> going forward. Um, might 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 save you some issues in the future, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, after that, finally, after a very long time, I was able to join the Trials Night event of Wings of Fate, which we ran uh, Mao Florkaj and Aetherian Archive. Mm-hmm. And you know, as the best tank in the entire game, <laughs> I forgot everything. Apparently. Like, I, I didn't know what to do. Like I was missing towns. I was missing a- everything. Well, see, here's the thing. If you're yeah. playing a sexplar, you're just so amazing, you don't even really need to worry about much of anything. You're just that good. So, you know. I don't have a camp- comeback to that at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, apparently I 
quite forget everything while trying to, you know, focusing on PvP. Right. Well, that was that was upsetting. Well, um, I was gonna say PvP and PvE are played very differently. What you'll do in one, you're not gonna do in another. Um, they're they're just completely different in that regard. So yeah. Yeah. So that's why I also got a PvE set together in European side, so you know I could continue practicing PvE. The problem is. I decided to go with Black Rose set, uh, which I was already using on North American side, mm-hmm. and add the Warrior Poet set to it, because it gives a lot of health and armor and spell resistance, which is good. It's not a proc set, uh, which is always good in PvE, I believe, because I don't want to depend on that uh, yeah. Proc, yeah. proc chance. Yep, you got the it. The problem is the shield is ugly. Like, it's small. It's... Even Vivek couldn't be hide behind it. Like, who's, <laughs> what's it going to protect? My arm? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I need transmog. Uh, we need transmog. That yeah, it's too bad. We really do. That is something that. Uh, um, wow! I just got a pair of Dreamer shoes and impenetrable out of a thieves' cache. Wow, that's pretty awesome. That's nice. Just did it here on the on the video. So if you're watching on the video, you just got to see me loot a purple um, a purple uh, pair of impenetrable boots from the Dreamer set. And apparently, it doesn't. According to my master merchant here, it sells uh, about 4k. So not not tons, but <laughs> it's not bad for something I just randomly picked up. Oh, yeah. You know, like, that's like a uh, free 4k right there. I'm not I'm not going to complain. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, uh, Zakir in chat actually uh-huh. said, I ju- I'm just seeing this, but uh, careful, Ark, I might have to come back to the game. So <laughs> I, I wish you would. Man. I miss tanking with you. You know, I, I miss being the second tank when you were in the trials. That was fun. That was always fun. I so miss if, if you do, too. Yeah. So if you do, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy with not being the best tank. <laughs> Well, you weren't anyway because my sexplar exists, so it's fine. I understand. <laughs> in what delusions are you living in? Uh, the there best ones, no all right. Two there's there's no way a two hander. I'm I'm letting a two hander be a better tank <laughs> than actually a sword and board tanking, which uh, is what tanking is supposed to be. Shields are for cowards. That's all it is. Shield. You are the shield when you are tanking. <laughs> and you need another shield because you don't want to get hit in the face. Uh, if yeah. you die, you can protect your squishies. Well, the squishies it's are not... squishies, you know. You're not going to you're not going to protect them anyway. See, that's that's not the attitude you would take during tanking. No. See, here, here here's the thing. You just have to come to the acceptance that some people are going to die and you're willing to sacrifice them so that you can be glorious in a sex bar. That's how it is. That's how it rolls. See, see, that's why. That's why. See, then when everyone's dead and you solo the boss by yourself, you look awesome. You know, you're like, wow, that was amazing. That's not ta- what tanking is. That's no, that's what. No, I don't accept it. You, you, you disgrace the honor of being a tank being a tank is all about saving your people it's not <laughs> about the glory of it 
Although I keep saying I am the best tank, and <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. You're saying uh, one thing, but you're also contradicting yourself. So no, it's fine. That's that's know. what being an ord, you know. So being an ord is being glorious, and being a tank is not being glorious. And then there's a little contradiction there. Yeah. I can't help it. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you can you do the best you can with what you got. And uh, other than that, I don't think I have much other things. I've been dueling a bit in Deshan, but there isn't much to talk about it. So I guess that's it from me in terms of tales. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to say congrats to Zakir. Uh, they're expecting, I- I'm assuming. So that's pretty awesome. So he's joining the ranks of the DCN dads. That's always exciting. Oh, congrats. Yeah, yeah, I'm more so... more DCN dads. Yeah, lots of us. We we need bad <laughs> jokes. It's great. You should you should form form your own guild. You know the DCN dads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's only one rule for entry. Well, you know that anyway. Anyway, all right. Um, so let's see. Uh, first off, um, I mean, obviously, I'm still working my way through Thieves Guild. It is slow. It is monotonous, and it is really really hard. And it, it just not hard, but it's hard for me to get into just because it's Steve's Guild. Um, the other issue is every time I log on, it becomes a game of not inventory management, but uh, um, uh, all the other things that I've been doing for so long that by the time I finish them, such as all my crafting writs and stuff like that, I tend are, are the dailies. I've been doing a lot of the Thieves Guild dailies. Um, by the time I'm done doing that, I don't have time anymore to actually complete the storyline. So, you know, there's that. Um, well, well, one problem might be that you are always in Guild Wars. Well, that could be it, too. what I can see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, a lot of that's because of disenfranchisement uh, from ESO. Um, uh, yeah, kind of bit my bit myself with another one of those limited time housing things, which we talked about last show, but you know, those things get in under my skin and they just bother me. But, um, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I did get to advance my, my quest a little bit, um, in the thieves guild and I found out why Velsa was... And I, I appreciate everyone who listens to the show because I had quite a few people uh, try to cheer me up going, don't feel too bad because... Um, yeah, just just don't feel too bad. Because <laughs> um, apparently, like, in the very next quest, you kind of find out that... Um, that Velsa, Velsa has some interesting... Um, desires i guess is the word i'm gonna try to use here (laughs) um she's very into the pussy cats she's actually dating a female khajiit so you get it what i did there see what i did right there yeah yeah i I thought you wouldn't but i did dual meaning right there but yeah so i i definitely don't feel as bad anymore except for quen quen still kind of made me feel a little bad you know kind of made me feel like the creeper but you know whatever <laughs> um so yeah i found that out um so i'm working my way towards the wedding it's just a matter of me getting in there and actually doing stuff uh i did do my first battleground the other day um how did that go i hate mad sorks <laughs> i mean literally right. okay 
I'm a stamina templar again. All right, so I'm playing stamina temp again, just doing my own little thing. I'm also trying to farm some gear. I've been doing dungeons, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, see again, like I said, I'm doing things that is not allowing me to advance my storyline because there's things I need to do, like work on my build because I'm following outcast build. So I, it requires me to get. Um, like dungeon and, and trial set so i've been like pugging trials i've been doing dungeons and stuff like that trying to get it and so far i've not gotten a lot of sets but um uh i guess first off uh i was bored the one night and i decided okay i'm gonna log on and the first thing i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna try to do this uh <laughs> these these daily quests for thieves guild right uh, the ones where you have to go pickpocket, like the one I'm doing on stream right now, you have to pickpocket all these people. And I decided what I'm going to do is I'm not going to pickpocket anything that's not green or above. Mm-hmm. And I am not going to, um, I am not going to uh, turn anything in until I finish it all. Right. So I think all, all in all, it's uh, 90 items. No, 30 items that you need to get. 30 items. I was thinking 90 because uh, you do it um, 10 items in three different places. Um, but it 30 items. So I'm like, and you get 30 items. I made it to 25, got caught by a guard and killed because I went inside a house. <laughs> so And the thing is, I had 14 blue items on me, one purple. Ooh. And, you know, and, and like five greens or whatever, uh, whatever the denomination was that equal out 25. But the big thing was the one purple and like the 14 blues. So yeah, that, that was a, see, I just got another blue, a silver moon dial. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that, that really hurt. I mean, it made it exciting, but it, it's like, no, um, cause of course, as soon as you enter a house, right, you can't interact with the door if you've been in combat within a few seconds, right? You have to not have taken a hit for the, you know, the E to activate so you can actually get out of the darn thing. Um, Oh, and I almost got caught by a guard right there too. That was pretty bad. Um, So I did that and uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, So then the next thing I did was I did a few trials. I'm right now uh, trying to farm up. um, I need Sanctum Ophidia because I need, oh, and I just got, disruptable hold on i gotta find out what item piece i need uh twice fang snake is the item set that i need um that's a a five piece set that uh it's uh, weapon damage max stamina weapon crit and then five pieces when you deal damage your physical penetration is increased by a thousand for three seconds stacks up to five times sounds nice yeah yeah um so i've been trying to get my hands on that Right. And uh, unfortunately, like I only have the one I want. I got the one gold piece so far. One gold piece, which is a ring, which is pretty awesome. I mean, oh, clemency. Yeah. Leave me alone, guard. Um, <laughs> clemency. Save me from that. Um, <laughs> I've completely lost. So I got the one gold ring, but I haven't got anything else so far. Anything at all. Um, I ran with one of the other guilds I was with, and they were doing veteran trials, so that's how I got the ring, the gold ring. And it's only because someone else didn't want it, and they handed it off. I got crap the entire time. My RNG has not been very great lately. Um, So I did that, got the one ring. I'm pretty happy about that. 
and I've been running dungeons, specifically one of the most annoying dungeons, I think, in existence of the world, and uh, that's the, is it Storm Tempest Isle or something like that? It's the one with the pirates. Go away. Uh, I think Tempest Island, yeah. Tempest, Tempest Isle? I might Isle? be wrong. Like, after a while, do you fight the hags or something like that? Yes, like, yes. Then, yeah, te- should be Tempest Island. Yep, Tempest Island is what I have to run, because the other set that I need for this for this uh, is uh, Bone Pirate. And the main reason why is the five, it's max stamina, stamina recovery, max stamina, and then uh, when you have a drink buff active, your max stamina is increased by about 2,000. It might be a little higher if it was, uh, you know, legendary. And stamina recovery by 145. So uh, there's that new uh, new purple recipe that counts as both a food and a drink. So it's like max health, max stamina, and then um, stam recovery. And stam recovery. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it. What is it? Cam- Cameroonian something or another. Anyway. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It counts as both food and drink. So it helps with your stamina read regeneration mm-hmm. which is very important this patch because you know how it is with any kind of resource regeneration um obviously i play nord so it's a little rougher than than you know maybe if i were playing like a red guard for instance because you know yeah. they're they just have really good stam recovery with that uh, racial passive uh but unfortunately i don't have it so it is what it is uh, I've gotten four pieces so far out of the five that I need, but none of them are good traits. Like they're all <laughs> like I'm holding the pieces and I'm just like, okay, I got them, and then I'll just replace them with divines whenever I get divines. Uh, but I've run that thing probably 15 times already, and I've gotten see. This garbage. is the life of normal people with normal RNGs. Welcome to the club. I know. I ticked <laughs> off Elder Scrolls Online apparently because I'm cheating on her with other games, and <laughs> now she's like, "You're not getting any loot." And apparently, she doesn't understand how this works. Uh, if she wants me to stay, you know, like what World of Warcraft does, like whenever I log in, they throw rare mounts and stuff at me. Like that's how Warcraft makes me stay after like coming back, you know, making me go, oh, wow, I keep getting all this free stuff. If you're going to keep giving me crap, I'm not going to stick around because I'm like, well, great. I'm sticking around for this. <laughs> she doesn't seem to understand how this works. Um, I mean, it works for everyone else, so it should work for you too. No, no. See, I'm used to getting the free stuff, right? Like, <laughs> you want me to stick around in your game? You know, I, I subbed to WoW for a month, okay? Like, and I run like the first raid I do, and it drops like Ashes of Alar, and then I'm subbed for like the next nine months. You know, like that's how you keep me. You just keep throwing free stuff at me, these rewards. And, and then I stay. If you're going to be stingy, I'm, I'm going to be angry, you know, and I'm not going to want to <laughs> stick around. And it's going to make it hard for me to log into you like right now. Um, so, you know, here we are. Um, so I did that. Been working my way through that because, you know, I'm trying to do these quest lines, too. But it kind of annoys me that my set with with all the changes that have happened in Morrowind. Uh, my old my old setup just didn't work. I, I mean, it did okay, but it wasn't as good as it was. Um, the major thing I noticed is that even all the the mad uh, the Magica Templars are now using double Destro staffs because again, you need the resource regeneration. You just don't mm-hmm. get it using melee weapons, which is kind of refreshing in that now you know when you're a Magica Templar, you're actually still using a you know a Magica type weapon. Uh, but that's not 
what I like to use, so I wasn't going to use it. So I went back to Stamina, because Stamina Templars are actually fairly decent again. I mean, they're not fantastic. They never really were, but they're still fairly good. And um, with Outcast build, the Stamina Recovery issue is not such a huge big big deal, because uh, that setup like gives you a lot of Stamina Recovery. Yeah. So you can kind of get away with... Um, you know, with, with stamina again. And they also increase things like brawler. So the AOE is significantly higher. Like brawler hits like a friggin' truck now. Like it is insane how hard brawler hits. Um, in fact, it's one of those things where it's like, if you got two or more targets, you use brawler even over puncturing strikes, which was like never done before. Like, it's just insane (laughs) how much brawler actually hits for. And then the damage shield's also really nice. So, you know, you got all that weighing in. Um, but, you know, the big the big thing is that getting your stamina recovery up. And for me to do that, I need both of these sets. And right now I have, like, four pieces of these sets. So uh, slowly but surely trying to make my way and get what I need. You will get there. Yeah, eventually. It's just a matter of... I mean, if maybe if you join the Wings of Fate Trial Knights, you can start consuming everyone else's RNG again. Uh, you know, you. that might that might do it, but the um, Trial Knights, everyone's running Mall of Lurkage, not, not Sanctum Ophidia. So, I mean... Well, it usually, you know, from what I've seen so far, is that first we run uh, Mall of Lurkage, or you know, if everyone else Morrowind, I guess it'll be uh, Hall of Fabrications from now on. Right. Then uh, just do a speedrun of Halra or Aetherian Archive or perhaps Sanctum of Idea, you know. So it might work, like, because it, since we are running normal usually, it doesn't take as long as it would. Right. Yeah, so... but then when you're running normal and you're only getting, like, the purple recipe, if that, sometimes not even that. So that that's sort of the issue. Well, four recipes, yeah, I guess. I've been running vet just so the chances of getting the the gold rewards, right? Because that's where you're yeah, gonna get the gold. Um, I mean, purple probably. I guess I wouldn't complain if I got purple just because it'd fill in a <laughs> set. But I mean, for jewelry and stuff, like I already have one gold. Ideally, I'd like to have all gold, but you know, yep. I guess I guess I can't be too picky at this point until later. I can be picky once I have everything, I guess. Um, but I, so, I never had gold jewelry, so I don't know. Most of my builds never needed it either. Like it, like with other ones, I was using. Well, I shouldn't say I almost had all full gold. No, I did have full gold. Uh, when I was running one of my uh, Magplar sets because I got it out of, you know, because I used to run a lot of Veteran Altherian Archive. So I got like uh, tons of Aether or whatever it is, Infallible Aether. So I just put on Infallible Aether jewelry and I was pretty much set. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that wasn't really an issue. Um, but I, I never, again, I really kicking myself, I never kept twice born or twice fang snake or whatever because the set was never really decent i guess i shouldn't say it wasn't decent it wasn't decent for what i was doing so i wasn't keeping it and now Mm -hmm. i'm kicking myself because i should have kept it because i've gotten i've gotten stuff in the past it's just a matter of i wasn't using it and i'm like well i'm not going to use it now i might never use it (laughs) well guess what 
I really need it now, and I don't have it. So, you know, that is kind of what I'm fighting with. Um, let's see. What else did I do? Oh, um, yes. Okay. As I look at it. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was I, I finally got my Morrowind uh, Collector's Edition, right? And um, I got mm-hmm. the, um, the, the Warden outfit, which is something I really, really wanted because the set that I have to wear now is ugly as sin. Like, Bone Pirate's just disgusting looking. <laughs> and clearly this game's all about looking good while do, you know doing your own thing. So... Um, yeah, it, it's just disgusting looking and I'm like, this is gross. I don't even want to deal with it, but here we are. Uh, so I, I need a costume, right? None of the other costumes do I really like. I mean, the only one that is actually somewhat decent was a, a much earlier one that arc. You remember the, um, the need set, the need set. Oh yeah. I, I, I like, I don't that. have it on Europe and I'm upset. Yeah, that one I actually really like. Uh, but that's probably the only one I like because I prefer the mercenary armor. That's my favorite style. I wish they would actually just have a costume pack of like the light, medium, and heavy one so I could just wear mercenary. So, uh, yeah, so if you ever come out with that, I will probably buy crowns just to, you know, just to get that um, because I would really like that, you know, be able to diet and look awesome while wearing full heavy, you know, mercenary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had to find something else. So the warden costume, everything I've seen, I kind of like. Is I like that simplistic look. That uh, it doesn't need to be flashy. I, you know, it looks like it's got some chainmail in there. You know, a little bit of leather, awesome. And I thought I was gonna like this. Well, so I get it. And my biggest complaint about it is it feels fake. And the reason why I say it feels fake is. I don't know if this is just an issue with like non-plate like cloth, but it it's never seemed to be that issue with uh, the medium armor I had before. It feels too shiny to me. Like it just feels insanely shiny. I mean, in in my opinion, it's one of the most realistically looking textures I've seen in the game so far. But probably the cloth. You know, you say cloth, but it's probably leather uh Mm. everything you see in that is probably leather so that might be the reason they are shiny i guess because like i'm looking at it right now on the stream and i don't know but the problem the problem i have is the shoulders don't look overly shiny and they're like a nice leather color but everything else does and yeah i guess it is leather it's just i don't know i just it you're right there there are two types of leather one is like a thicker yeah uh, like uh i don't know if you ever seen it but the um it's like Elder Scrolls Online wallet uh in Bethesda store has a very similar texture to that uh shoulder pieces i don't know what the uh, other one's called like the the smooth one but the other one's suede the suede is the thicker one that's kind of softer and can't get wet I don't know the names in English, obviously, because I never used it before. Well, I don't have uh, a lot of call to use it now. So. <laughs> yeah. um, but the cloth-type leather, like the ones you can make a skirt or whatever out of, are you tend to be more shiny. The reason I know this is because I used to use leather uh, for cosplays in mm-hmm. some of the cosplays I did. Um, so it, it feels normal to me, actually. Okay. And and now that you mention leather, it makes a lot more sense. I just, I'm not, I don't like the shiny. 
I'd like it to be a little more dull. <laughs> and some people would be like, why would you want to? I, I like earth tones. Even Thais, it kind of annoys her because I'm, I like her. She's like, you have all these bright colors, you know, and, and when you brought up Guild Wars 2, they're, they're notorious for bright colors, like a lot of pastel yep. colors because, you know, they, we had this discussion about, uh, um, uh, like, their pastel uh, choices for color scheme rather than like ESO, which was more of a dark theme. Um, and even in that game, it's like she's like, Oh, I'm gonna be in bright blues and greens and pinks. And I'm like, Let's see, we got earth tone brown, we've got <laughs> subdued green, and like, those are colors that I'm picking because I'm just like, You know, I, I prefer the more earth tones and subdued colors. I don't really, I don't, I'm not flashy. Um, so I guess the shininess of the costume kind of makes me go, ah, oh, and I mean, it probably wouldn't look bad like the shine if it was black leather, but of course I, I made it like a blue, like a dark blue. Um, like, uh, I think it's Indorel blue and it's a little too shiny, but I think black makes me look a little too dark for a Templar. So I, I'm just torn. Like, so I'm torn. Yeah. I'm just looking at the default one. So I don't know how it looks, uh, when colored. Uh yeah, if you if you look at it when it's colored, it the colors well again, I guess it all it all depends on what color it is that you're looking for too, right? Mm-hmm. Like um clearly some colors change uh the entire the entire outside yeah. of it. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I'm rocking that costume even though I'm not real happy with it. And mm-hmm. uh <laughs> um I got a few questions from people in the guild and from other places going. So, you know, trying, trying to push my lore buttons, right. Um, going, so ag, how, how do you feel about the Dwemer spider mount? You know, like <laughs> honestly, the Dwemer spider mount is the most lore friendly mount they've added to this game in months. <laughs> um, yeah. cause of all their other random crap that they've added from the, uh, the, crown crates and you know that crap that's more lore breaking than the dwemer mount because if you look at it if you remember our our the only living dwemer still in existence um he kind of had a mechanical spider thing he was riding around now again he also had corpus so you know his body's literally falling apart you know it's like the elder scrolls form of leprosy um but uh even with this corpus disease or whatever it is that he had uh, he still had this mechanical spider mount. So technically there's already, you know, uh, um, a precedent of mm-hmm. of this type of mount in the game. Maybe not in the sheer quantity that we're seeing now, but I guess that's the issue when you're playing an MMO, right? Um, but the the, uh, the Dwemer mount is actually probably the most lore-friendly mount they've added in this game in a very long time. <laughs> so I know some people were messaging me going, Oh, are you freaking out? Cause you know the the mounts here, and it's not lore friendly. I'm like, no, sir, you are wrong. It actually is more lore friendly <laughs> than the majority of mounts. So, uh, oh, I just got a Kuta rune. That's exciting. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of been my entire gameplay. A lot of dungeon running, tons of dungeon running, um, a few battlegrounds. Oh, and I did I did I talk about the battlegrounds? I sort of did in the fact that I I hate mage. You orcs. started talking about it, but then it was just mech orcs. I hate mech orcs, and it was it. Well, that was pretty much my entire extent. <laughs> like I'm pretty soured off of it. Uh, first off, it took me 45 minutes to get into a match. Right, um, 45 yeah. minutes to get into a match, uh, and I'm not on a 
custom to wait times. Whatever. Uh, mostly PvP ones aren't normally that bad, especially for a system that I thought they would have. Anyway, so after I get in, uh, my team, which happened to be the green team, whatever they are, pit demons or whatever they're called, uh, had two people in it. Mm-hmm. Me and one other. The other teams had four and four. So, yeah, that happens. Yeah, so we're already at a disadvantage. So it's like, whatever. I was the only, only Templar in the group. I was also the only one that wasn't a Magsork in the group. <laughs> so there were nine other Magsorks in this group. Nine. Um, so when the when the one guy who was with me saw that, you know, we were outnumbered, you know, uh, by by two extra people in their teams, essentially, he just went AFK. He, he did not leave <laughs> the starting area and just sat there, which I really can't blame him. I mean, why would you? It's already a losing fight at that point, and he's like, well, it's a waste of time. So he just sat there. So I hopped down there. And I'm figuring, eh, what the heck? I mean, it's already, you know, four on four on one. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. So I hop down there, and I'm messing around, messing around. And I got a few kills, but only if they were engaged with someone else. Because if they weren't engaged with someone else, they just bold escaped away and then mage wrath me to death. That's yep. all they did. Yep. And I mean, I had charges and stuff, so I would charge, and they'd build away, and then, you know, mage, 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 that they would just spam, and I'd charge again. Mage, 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 you know, whatever the case may be. And it's just like, wow, really? <laughs> um, yeah, and when you get close, they just shield spam and dark exchange spam, and they just don't die anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, I... I got really close multiple times because, like I said, I can shield spam too with Brawler. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I got most of them down into like the execution range before dying, um, but it was just it was annoying because it was just a nonstop. Mm-hmm. That's all they did, and it and it wasn't just like one person; it was everyone. That was like the only viable tactic that people were using. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now, now again, if I could get them off cooldown, meaning like they didn't pop a potion or something, or I got them before that that happened, then I could wreck their face because they would run out of magicka faster than I'd run out of stamina. Because you know they'd be dodging, they'd be you know spamming bolt escape. As soon as they bolt escape, I would just charge into them, which then did a ton of damage. They bolt again, and it was just you know charge, <laughs> charge, charge, charge. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of how that went. But actually, a magical sork I battled and lost um, gave me the advice of using poisons that uh, reduce magical recovery or drain magical recovery. I don't know which one exists, but yeah, I uh, I was using. So that's um, an advice from a max orc uh, yeah. to beat them. So I'll try that sometime. I had a, a cheap uh, health and magicka drain one. It pro- if I would have actually made it myself. It probably would have been a lot better, um, but it, it it definitely wasn't terrible. But yeah. Uh, yeah, if you could drain them, yeah, that that definitely helps. It definitely helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was kind of the end of 
uh, my gameplay for these for this week. I mean, obviously, it feels like my uh, um, my my game time has went down like nuts because even at night, I barely get any time anymore. Most of my game time actually happens at lunchtime at work because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, oh well, you know, they're I have a like a full hour, so it's pretty much uh, whenever I get a chance, it's. That's what I do. I hop in the back because especially it's too hot to go out and do anything. You know, I'm not going out and playing Pokemon Go or anything because I don't like heat. It's way too hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no reason to die. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Um, it's fun because it, you know, like obviously gets me out and gets me uh, a little bit more workout in me, uh, especially like cardio related stuff. And I hate cardio, so I really need that. Um, but in this you know 90 degree weather with like 90 percent humidity it's just it's and because the worst part is then i have to go back to work right and i'm like i don't yeah. want to go back to work sweaty and gross and then i have to sit there for another four hours uh so um yeah i've been i've been hanging out and uh catching up on some of my playtime and i get about i get about a full hour almost a full hour so i normally dedicate it to eso or something along those lines um guild wars 2 or eso uh, try alternating days to keep my gameplay up, but uh, <laughs> most of my gameplays, I, I get enough. If my queue goes fast, I get a dungeon. Like I, I set an alarm on my phone. I have two alarms for lunch, so when I start lunch, I just pop into a queue, and I set an alarm. If I don't get an alarm, or if I don't get a queue in 30 minutes, I just stop because I'm not going to have enough time, um, and then I'll try to do the dungeon or whatever after that. But um so yeah that was that's more or less my gameplay uh for this week so um before we continue yes can i bring some shame into this podcast because uh, i just realized well not just but i realized uh you know how you get a dwarven crown crate for uh for morrowind upgrade or whatever right yeah yeah so i realized i got it on both servers so I already opened one in European side, but I am staring at four cards right in front of me. Right? <laughs> oh, that is no. on North American side. Oh, don't do that it. That I guess I could open during this podcast. You should you should back out now. <laughs> no, I already clicked on the crate, so it's just opening the cards now. There is no turning back. So from the European side, uh, I got the jumping Nixhound, which is, which is not a cool pet, but it jumps around in a funny way. So I guess it's a free crate. So the first card is Crown Tri Restoration Portions. Whoop-de-doo, Basil! <laughs> uh, the second one is Crown Mimic Stone. Awesome. Mm. Uh, the third one is, again, Crown Mimic Stone. <sighs> and the fourth one is Balfoy and Nixon. The same thing I think I got in, uh, <laughs> in Europe. I don't know. It was a Nick sound, but I don't know. If yeah, it's the same thing. it probably was. Yeah. yeah. So once again, they are useless. <laughs> shame, shame. Where's my bell? I need to ring the shame bell. <laughs> um, hey, it was it was a free crate. I, I there's there's no shame in opening a free crate. There's all the shame in opening free. Yeah, it's crate. it's the jumping Nick sound. Yeah, the the same thing. <laughs> So yeah, I, I had to do it before we move on. Okay, all right. No, that's that's fine. Uh, <laughs> now my entire you just soured my mood. Uh, but you know what would make me happy? 
doing the yeah. 36 lessons of Vivek. I think that's what we're going to do right now. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up the book. So I'm probably going to be staring at my map here for anyone watching the video, but that's okay. Let's see here. All right. 36. Before you start, can okay. I get a couple minutes? I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll, uh, I will walk around and, um, do a little bit of, of talking at this point. So, okay. With 36 lessons of Vivek, I'm not going to read it yet. So don't worry. Ark. Um, this one's kind of interesting. If you if you read them all, some of them are more esoteric than others. Like there's a lot you have to get into and be like, you know, this, you know. The first one had a lot of of um, hints as to the anticipations. It talked about uh set up the story of the tribunal coming to um Vivek before his birth, you know, that kind of stuff. Um this one is kind of odd for a 36 lesson because it's almost understandable <laughs> i guess that's the best way to look at it um not not all of his sermons were in you know weird weird terms or anything like that this one's fairly straightforward um but you know clearly we're going to talk about it anyway um but be prepared some of the later ones do get a little weird and therefore we will we will definitely talk about those um so there is that now um oh for your stuff yay i need more leather actually i need more of this ancestor suck i've actually been running kind of low on ancestor suck i guess i could talk about that a little bit i've been trying to do a couple more of the master writs because now i need to build up because i got ebony last week so now i need to build up and do a little bit more um of the master writs that i have uh, unfortunately it, it means i'm i'm spending some more money because i i buying uh buying up pieces of of um buying up pieces of the motifs that i don't have uh specifically akaviri has been bought a few times just because it it's a mess um so yeah there is that um yeah, I, I've probably spent close to a quarter million already on that kind of stuff. No, probably more than that, close to a half a million on on motif pages, um, just to try to finish up and get a few more of these of these pages. Um, so I've been working on that. And let me see, I actually also finished. Oh, hold on, gotta pull up my journal here. Let's see what other achievements I got. Um, Master of Shadows, complete one heist for Thieves Guild without being detected. Now. You would think that wouldn't be overly hard, um, but oh, cool! Um, but apparently, that means also stepping on traps counts as being detected. I did not know this each time, and I'm sitting there going, "Wow, you know, um, you you step on traps and that counts." I was a little surprised because I wasn't expecting that. Because I'm like, "Well, there's no one around. It didn't set off alarms. Why should it matter?" Well, apparently, it does. So. All right, so Ark's back. I'm going to go ahead and start this. So 36 Lessons of Vivek, Sermon 2. Ooh, I need a drink first. <clears throat> a little scratchy. Mm. Ah, kickstart. It's amazing. I really should actually include the image here. Maybe I'll put it in a link in um, uh, a link in the in the in the uh, in the podcast description. Because it's an interesting pod or an interesting image, and 
Let me see if I can pull it up on the screen. Maybe I can. Um, yeah, I'm going to pull this up on the stream if I can get this to actually do what I need it to do. Give me one second here. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because this image um, web page. There we go. It's neat. Oh, and it's not going to let me, is it? All right, hold on. Let me just save it, and then I'll pull it up on the stream. That'll work. I forgot that uh, <laughs> that OBS blacks out any web pages, which actually right. I guess is a good thing, to be honest, um, because I, I guess they don't want you to uh, accidentally like tab out or whatever and have something on a web page or whatever the case be and whatever. So, all right, so I'm going to pull this up here. It's right here on the screen. It's off there to the side so you can see that. Uh, the image, it looks like an ink blot, but uh, I think in the weirdest way it's meant to represent, um, well, there's there's a lot of things. We'll actually, we're going to go back to this image here in a little bit because there's a few things I really want to point out from this image. Um, please note that this will get a little graphic, so please, if you are, well, yeah, no, if you're a young kid, don't listen. <laughs> if you've not had the birds and the bees talk, please don't listen. All right, so parental parental what's it called parental adver advisory. <laughs> yeah, parental Whatever advisory. That is, that, yeah. that is advice, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a lot of that's going to happen with thirty six lessons. So, yep, just sit there and stare at the ink blot for me for a little bit. The Nechiman's wife, who carried the egg of Vivek within her, went looking for the lands of the Inderel. Along with the journey, many spirits came to see her and offered instructions for her son-daughter. The future glorious, invisible warrior poet of Vardenfell, Vivek. The first spirit threw his arms around her and hugged his knowledge in tight. The Nechiman's wife became soaked in the incalculable effort. The egg was delighted and did somersaults inside her, bowing to the five corners of the world and saying, Thus, whoever performs this holy act shall be proud and mighty among the rest. The second spirit was too aloof and acted above his station so that he was driven off by a headache spell. The third spirit, Athator, came down to the Nechiman's wife while she relaxed for a while under the Emperor Parasol. Her garments were made from impl impl or implications of meaning, and the egg looked at them three times. The first time, Vivek said, Ha! It means nothing. After looking a second time, he said, Hmm, there might be something there after all. Finally, at giving... Um, finally giving at Hator's garments a sidelong glance, he said, amazing, the ability to infer significance in something devoid of detail. There is a proverb, at Hator said, and then he left. The fourth spirit came with the fifth, for they were cousins. They could ghost touch and probe inside the egg to find its core. Some say Vavek at this point was shaped like a star with the penumbrum broken off, Others that it looked uh, like a revival of vanished forms or vanquished forms. No, vanished forms. From my side of the family, the first cousin said, I bring you a series of calamities that will br uh, bring about the end of the universe. 
And from my side, said the second cousin, I shall bring you all primordial marriages that must happen within them, each one. At this, the egg laughed. I'm given too much to bear so young. I must have been born before. And then the sixth spirit appeared, the black hands Minfala, who taught the Velothi at the beginning of days all the arts of sex and murder. Its burning heart melted the eyes of the Nechemen's wife and took the egg from her belly with six cutting strokes. The egg image, however, could see into what it had been before in ancient times when the earth still cooled and was not blinded. It joined with the Daedroth and took its form former secrets leaving a few behind to keep the web of the world from disentangling then the black handsman followed put the egg back into the netroman's wife and blew on her with magic breath until the hole closed up but the daydroth did not give her back her eyes saying god hath three keys of birth of machines and the words between within this sermon the wise may find one half of these keys the ending words, um, salve. Okay, so that was sermon two. What on earth Vivek was smoking while writing this? <laughs> like it's a mixture of skooma and some niche something. I don't know. It's beyond me. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk about this one a little bit. This one. It might seem a little crazy, and it kind of is in a, in a, in a, in a way. Um, but one of the things that I first noticed, and the reason why I wanted to show this image, and I'm going to, it's here on the screen. If you look at it closely, as I throw my Khajiit off, because she won't leave me alone. There she goes. Oh, I'm trying to spray her, but she ran. All right, so the Netchaman who carried the egg within of Vivek within her went looking for the lands of the Indorel. Along the way, many spirits came to her and offered instructions to her son-daughter, the future glorious invisible warrior poet of Vardenfell, Vivek. So the first image we see is looks like an ink blot that's supposed to represent in a very abstract form the Necheman's wife herself. Now, a couple things you want to kind of look at here when you're staring at this, uh, I'm going to kind of blow it up here on screen a little bit. Clearly, the first thing I want to take notice of, and I don't know if actually as I'm, I'm, I'm pulling this up here, I probably can't quite see it because you can't see my mouse cursor. Uh, but if you look to the center, you're going to see a, a somewhat oval-ish shape. All right. This oval-ish shape clearly represents the egg of Vec inside the Necheman's wife. Um, but you're also going to see a couple of recurring themes that you see a lot within the sermon of Vivek. Um, and clearly, I mean, even this one mentions it with the black hand Manfala teaching that um, as we go down here, the sixth spirit. Uh, and then the sixth spirit appeared, the black hands Manfala who taught the Velothi at the beginning of days, all the arts of sex and murder. So clearly we're looking at it in kind of a midnight, you know, time midnight you know telly kind of way um you can also see from the shape of the egg as it travels down you're gonna see um i'm trying to think of the best way of describing this um clearly when you see the two black lines going up to the center of the egg and also those two little somewhat arrow shapes or triangle shapes down at the bottom those don't necessarily represent the egg 
as much as the female reproductive organs, the vagina, and all of that area. So that's what you're seeing down along the bottom to represent female. Now, herein lies another motif that I've seen brought up a couple times. If you see at the image of the egg up near the top, you see that one line straight through the egg. There is your phallic symbol as well, showing the duality of both male and female that is Vivek. Again, you're going to see a lot of this in the sermons. There's a lot of like hidden sexual themes throughout all of this. Um, so that's that's kind of why I want to show off this this image here. Um, kind of kind of weird already, huh? <laughs> um, the spirits coming forward, and now and, and I've heard I've heard some interesting theories on this uh, particular sermon. Um, for the first first paragraph again the first spirit threw his arms around her and hugged his knowledge in tight the netroman's wife became soaked in the incalculable effort the egg was delighted and did somersaults inside her bowing to the five corners of the world saying thus whoever performs this holy act shall be proud and mighty among the rest now few things to talk about here first up in in a lot of what i've seen the incalculable effort um often uh, refers um to the act of intercourse that one i've seen thrown in a lot is that is the first like description some people say it's you're taking it a little too literally and i'm like i honestly don't see how you could take anything that's said here literally um (laughs) but that whole first act, that whole first paragraph there has a lot of sexual overtones and that whole first incalculable effort um, is sometimes referred to as the act of, of, of lovemaking. So there you have that coming into, into play. Um, and of course, Vivek, whoever performs this holy act shall be proud and mighty among the rest. This also kind of goes into the culture of the Dunmary people you know the the sex and love and rock and roll style that they kind of have they don't the dunmer don't actually look down upon those who are more sexually active if you will or uh, are promiscuous they don't that's actually something to be admired in their culture in fact even younger dunmer are encouraged to go out and learn the ways the arts and um uh other than azura azura of course is is worshiped a lot but so um, when you start looking at some of the, uh, the Cyrodelic pantheon, um, most of the Dunmer don't really follow that. But they do kind of have a um, – those who do tend to love the cult of Minfala – or not Minfala. Um, why am I drawing a blank on the divines? Debella. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um, specifically related to the acts of lovemaking and how to do it better they 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 (laughs) love that kind of stuff and that's where they tend to uh tend to gather um so we're gonna see that a lot in the in in all of these things because just be prepared all right so there we have the incalculable effort and of course vivek being the way that he is and you know this concept of love which is something that he's always pushing for the dunmary people he's telling them to embrace this you know this is something that is good among you um and then it, then we're talking about the second spirit 
driven off, you know, was too aloof and acted his station so much that he was driven off by a headache spell. Referring to those who feel like they're too um, contrary to the Dunmary, you know, promiscuous type um, type of, of... of, I don't. I'm trying to think of the words because I'm saying it here. Uh, that that whole personality, those who are too standoffish or prudish or whatever, you know, he's driving them away. Th- that is not part of Dunmary culture. Um, the third one, Atator, who came down to the Nechman's wife while she relaxed while under an emperor parasol. Her garments were made from implicate implications of meaning and the egg looked at them three times the first time vivek said ha means nothing after looking a second time hmm there might be something there after all finally after giving Atator's garments a sidelong glance he said amazing the ability to infer significance from something devoid of detail um there is a proverb Hator said and then he left so i've seen this theory surrounding the third spirit showing it being tied to Minfala, the web spinner with the idea of lies and how needing to look closer into what is said to make sure that what is said is actually what is meant. And that's what he, that's more or less what he's saying. Like he, he looked at something and it passed his eye going, Oh yeah, there's nothing. It seems normal, but after giving more and more look, the ability to infer significance in something devoid of detail, meaning that there, you know, even though it may not appear as something, and this could apply in everyday life, there's obviously more than what meets the eye. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I probably won't have anything to say throughout these sermons because one thing I can barely understand them, like not just the lore behind them or what they mean, but the vocabulary that is used in these sermons are kind of beyond me. It's, At least I'm not used to them. So uh, English is my first uh, language, and it's it it's weird the way <laughs> it's set up, and that, and it's meant to be that way. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm just trying to keep up at the moment. So if I don't say anything, <laughs> I'm here. But no, it's I'm fine. Just, it's listening. fine it's fine so of course then we'll get to the last spirit because honestly the fir- even for me the the fourth and the fifth spirits talking about the two cousins i bring you a series of calamities that will bring about the end of the universe um and at uh at and at my side the second cousin said i shall bring you primordial marriages that must happen within them each one i've i've heard it kind of reference to uh uh coda which is a a story of like the fifth era or something like that. It's it, it's very out there. If you've ever had a chance to read Coda, it was done by um, the original. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. He left he left Bethesda, but he was one of the people responsible for creation of Thirty Six Lessons. So it was almost like these two were showing him the future. Going, listen, Nern's going to be destroyed, but these series of things must happen first before it happens. Um, but some people have said. Because Coda isn't canon, or most people don't consider it to be canon, that these lines don't make sense anymore. I might be wrong, but from everything I've seen on these, 
it seems to be referring to events that will come to pass in a later time, which only are ever talked about in Coda. But since that kind of came out afterwards, like, and Coda's weird. Coda is one of those things where uh, uh, there were some theories that um, the queen of the Aldmari Dominion at this time is actually a time, a space traveling robot from the future. You know, what? like, yeah, like Coda's all over the place. So you, you can go from there. Now, of course, the Black Hands of Mephala put the egg back inside the Netchman's wife uh, and heals up the wound that was there. But the Daedroth did not give her back her eyes, saying, God hath three keys, of birth, of machines, and the words between. God hath three keys, of birth, and machines, and the words in between. Again, we're seeing the the significance of the tribunal of birth being Amalexia, mother Marwind of machines, Sothasil, and of the words between which is Vivek. So that's lesson two yes. or sermon two of 36 lessons of Vivek. <laughs> Again. Wow. I mean, now the last time I felt like this reading, uh, English text was reading Silmarillion from, Tolkien in terms of not understanding much of it <laughs> well the Silmarillion but... is <laughs> is nowhere on the level of just insanity that is um oh yeah oh yeah yeah but I understand what you mean like the language already is different right um so the way that it is written is very kind of off the wall and doesn't really follow modern uh grammar structure Mm-hmm. So it's already kind of a little weird, uh, especially if English is not your first language. It It is insanely hard to comprehend, um, but don't feel too bad. It's insanely hard to comprehend for even people who <laughs> do have English as a first language. And um, what's I mean, it- if I did a literal translation, I probably would would able to do it. But the fact that it uses a lot of metaphors like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking for an example or whatever. Um, that that's the main issue. Like it's unless you are really familiar with the Don Don way of life or you know the uh, story of Vivek and how they came to be, etc. It's re- it's really hard to understand. I mean, if you understand the language itself, yeah. right? So yeah, I, I am enjoying this. I am enjoying this. Yeah. And uh, I do want to thank some of the community who actually sent me messages as to where I could find the book. So that way I had it. So thank you so much. Uh, the next episode we'll do season three and not season sermon three, three. <laughs> sermon three. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll continue with the 36 lessons all the way through. Um, again, some weeks will be a little less exciting. I mean, we're not always going to have vagina uh, ink blots, but you know, <laughs> What? That's what it is. <laughs> it's a very crude representation of the Netchaman's wife and the egg inside. So, yep. I mean, and you can never get away uh, with Vivek without a whole bunch of phallic references as well, because he is the hermaphrodite. I mean, especially later on, I'm excited to talk about it when he starts referencing his spear a lot. 
Um, some of the language that's used, you're not really sure if he's talking about the spear that he's always holding or something else, you know. Um, or the spear he's always holding. Or the holding. spear he's always holding, yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll definitely be excited to uh, to talk about that. But yeah, it is it is interesting in in that way because yeah, there is there is a lot of um, innuendo in some of the later in some of the later ones as well. So. We'll have to, we'll have to give that a listen. So, that kind of ends our gameplay as well as the sermon for today. So we got some game yep. news to cover. All right. So, um, I'll start with the earlier patch notes, which we weren't able to cover this Saturday because we didn't have a show. Mm-hmm. It's the patch notes to three point zero point seven, and I'll just read the. Well, I guess it's introduction. Yeah, and that, yeah, that works. Mention one thing that I found important. The Elder Scrolls Online version 3.0.7 continues to fix fix issues in Battlegrounds. Continues to fix, so they're not uh, fixed yet. Yeah. Uh, and with the queuing system, also included are a few combat-related adjustment and fixes for the Dragon Knight, Nightblade, and Mage's Guild skills. And we fixed the localization issue where there were some English text in French game client. <laughs> the size of this patch is approximately 227 megabytes. It's so funny. in terms of... Yeah, oh, I'll say it's funny that that's happening with localization because I remember doing... Uh, I forget what dungeon it was. Um, it was the one in uh, uh, Shadowfen before the, tr- uh, the Hist ones came out. Um, the, the Imperial Prison one. And all of the voiceovers for the Nereids was in German. And I'm sitting there at first when I first heard it. I'm like, wow, did they go ahead? You know, because the, 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 uh, the captions were in English. But I'm sitting there going, oh, my goodness, did they make up a language for the Nereids? And then as I'm listening to it, I'm like, wait, that sounds really familiar. And as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, it's German. <laughs> but it took me a little while at first because when I first heard it, I'm sitting there going in my head, wow, did did they make up a language for the Nereids? That's kind of <laughs> neat, you know, but it turned out that they just messed up the localization and that the voiceovers uh, for the German client were uh, in the English version. So that's funny. And that that could be fun, actually, having some creatures in a different language. All right. <laughs> anyway, so one bullet point uh, is uh, fixed an issue where you wouldn't be able to join a battleground under certain circumstances and would get stuck in the queue. Uh, note, please make sure you leave Cyrodiil before queuing for a battleground to ensure you don't become stuck in the queue. This is a temporary issue and will be fixed in a future patch. Now, it does say it's fixed, and this is the patch uh, This is the patch from the last week. And I didn't do battlegrounds since last week, so I can't confirm whether if it's fixed or not. I've never had issues getting into a battleground, but I've not been in Cyrodiil, so I can't confirm like mm-hmm. one way or the other with that. You know what I mean? Because... Um, yeah, when I was in there, it, there was no, I had no problems getting in. I had problems getting in with a full team, but you know, that, that's probably something completely different. So it also says that fixed an issue where you would occasionally receive a message stating that someone declined a group invitation and gets stuck in a queuing loop. Again, it says fixed like last week, uh, in the previous show, it said made improvements, now it says v fixed, so uh, I hope so. I haven't. I've seen that error message, and I've not been stuck in a queue. 
Um, but those are often times that I get sent into a into a battleground, and it's you know me and one other person. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting stuck in the queue, but you're not getting a full <laughs> team. Um, so a change to Obsidian Shield from uh, Dragon Knight, mm-hmm. Earthenheart abilities reduce reduce the strength of the damage shield you apply to allies to ten percent of your max health, down from fifteen percent. But increase the damage shield you apply to yourself by 200%. So, I don't know why, but I feel like we covered this last week, or I read them for the show notes. I can't tell. I don't remember them, but I'm sure... I probably read them beforehand, though. That's why I remember them. Right. Yeah, you probably read them and were like, oh, when you add them to the notes or whatever. Could be. Yeah. And a couple changes to the equilibrium uh, spell from Mage's Wield skill line. This ability and its morph, morph's health to magical trade value is now determined by your character level instead of scaling with your max health. Uh, this ability and its morphs now reduce all, all of your healing done and damage shields you create by 50% for 4 seconds instead of preventing you from healing yourself. So that's two changes I've seen to classes that I wanted to mention. There are other uh, stuff in the patch notes like fixes and stuff like that. So you could go ahead and read them in patch 3.0.7. Okay. So that was the uh, patch from last week. And we also have today's patch, which is 3.0.8 or yesterday's, I don't know. Uh, This week's patch. Yes. And it's rather... At the same length. I'll just read the introduction as well. Yep, that'll work. Uh, This patch continues to address queuing issues affecting battlegrounds, though we are still working on the issue where you are continually receiving a message that someone has declined the ready check. (laughs) This patch also has several fixes for warden abilities, house of fabrication, and more. So basically, uh, the queuing system on battlegrounds is not fixed uh, in contrary to last, you know, the previous patch notes. Right. (laughs) So that's it. Um, well, those were the patch notes. Sort of figured it wasn't fixed, but yeah. I mean, it, um, yeah, I've gotten better, I guess. But <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so the exciting, well, at least newsworthy part of the news section is that uh, they announced the Horns of the Reach and Clockwork City DLCs, which are next on the line for Elder Scrolls Online. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, uh, the Horns of the Reach is similar to the... Shadows of the Hist. Shadows of the Hist, yep. Uh, It'll add two dungeons uh, called Bloodroot Forge and Falkreath Hall. Now, these are Skyrim-themed dungeons, which is nice. Uh, I'm happy about it. I'm... Okay. We're we're talking about Horns of the Reach, right? Like, that's what we're talking about right now? Yep. Okay. Because I have another thing to mention during Clockwork City, which is in itself a discussion topic, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we can go in and talk about So, I... The idea of, of Horns of the Reach, okay? It's a yeah. dungeon patch. Like, like, like they said with the cadences that we were going to get, they said we're, every year we're going to expect an expansion or a chapter, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's an expansion. So, you got your, your expansion, right? And then you also mm-hmm. get, um, they said that we were going to get uh, a dungeon pack, which is this, and then a quality of life patch, okay, 
Um, And then finally, you know, a a normal patch, which would maybe have a zone or something. So clearly they've outlined the next two, uh, which is going to be uh, the the dungeon patch, which is the next one we're getting. And then, of course, the uh, the final one, which is the uh, Clockwork City, which will probably be the zone one quest line zone, you know. Uh, so, Horns of the Reach, Skyrim themed. Obviously, I love the idea that Skyrim's my favorite zone, you know, why wouldn't I love it? There's nothing wrong with that, alright, but I do have some concerns. And the concern is more related to, okay, so we're, we have these two dungeons, right? Like, we're getting, uh, yeah. what, I forget what the one of them is called, but one of them is called Falkreath Hold. I think that's it. Yeah, Bloodroot Forge and Falkreath Hold. Yeah. My concern is, are we going to see, like, some issues with, uh, like, because these are a dungeon, like, they're not going to be on the main map, obviously, or they'll just be, like, a port on the main map because both of these areas aren't necessarily um, available for us to get to. Mm -hmm. But is this going to limit, is it Falkreath or Markarth? Falkreath. Falkreath hold. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that makes me feel a little better. For uh, The first time I read it, I think I read Markarth, and I'm like, oh, does that mean we're not going to get the city going in? Um, but I guess it all depends on whether or not this is going to affect what we actually see when we get Falkreath. You know, like, is this area going to be blocked off? Is it going to be something iconic that now is only available in a dungeon sense? Like, you know, that would really annoy me. So that's my only concern is that if we if we get it in a dungeon, is it going to be available um um when when Fulcreath Hold actually comes out? Or or is this going to be it, right? Like is Fulcreath Hold now just a dungeon? Like the entire thing is now just like a really long dungeon, you know, which case I would be insanely upset if we couldn't actually quest and explore Falkreath. It's just a dungeon. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But the way I see it, it will probably affect the release of those zones, but not in a way that they won't release it, but they might postpone it. Like, okay, we had a Skyrim-related content in dungeons, Mm -hmm. so it might push back the zone for Skyrim a bit back. But I don't... Because... The reason I'm thinking like this is that they will run out of content to release if they don't release everything on Tamriel at some point. Like they are slowly releasing like Rothgar, um, Hughesbane, Gold Coast. At one point, they will have to release all those maps. Right. At least like maybe not entire Skyrim, but I mean, can, can I be? They, a, they should... Yeah, go ahead. Can, I was gonna say, can I be a little conspiracy theory-ish right yep. now? Um. Do you think the only reason why they're holding off on Skyrim is because they're releasing Skyrim eight more times for other consoles and they don't want to take away from those? <laughs> can I can I just be, be a little tinfoil right now? You know? Yeah. I mean, ima- imagine if instead of Clockwork City, they also uh, introduced White Run. Yeah, yeah. Like, as a DLC. I mean, already the entire internet is filled with memes of Skyrim releasing on everything possible. <laughs> if they also released it in uh, Malish Goes Online, that would... Yeah, uh, right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Be... Yeah, I feel like they're going to wait a little bit on that. But yeah, no, I, that's that's kind of my 
my thought on that. As long as it... I don't want these dungeons... Like, Falkreath Hold doesn't tell me much. Except for the entire zone from Skyrim. Is it going to be an entire zone? Is it going to be huge? Like, because there are some areas that are fairly big, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, before I continue... Um, uh, Driz, Driz in chat. This is a heist, so it's kind of like a solo dungeon. Uh, you can bring people into it, but it's a th- it's a thieves guild uh, daily quest you can do to go steal treasure and then run for your life and get out. So, um, you actually you get scored based on um, how well you do, like whether or not you make it on time. Obviously, you see, I just failed the bonus objectives because I killed too many people. Um, I wasn't trying to be super stealthy. Yeah, so that that's what it is. But yeah, Falkreath Hold is um there are um and he's asking questions in chat. Sorry for those listening to the podcast side. He's um there are multiple missions. So yes, they they can be different layout each day. I've done this one before. No, no, I've never done this one before. Um but yeah, there are different uh heists to do every day. There's I guess five or six different heists you can do. Um, so yeah, they are essentially different every day. Um, but the idea is to not be caught, get everything and get out in the time limit and try not to kill everyone. You don't have to, you can still finish it. You just don't get the bonus reward if you do it like the way I'm doing it right now. Um, but I just want to get it done. So I don't really care. Um, but yeah, so that, that Falkreath hold, because there are some really big dungeons, right? Like the one that I've been spamming nonstop, the Tempest Isle, that takes up an entire island, you know, on the map. If you look at it, it's an entire island. Like it's a big outdoor dungeon, right? Yep. Is that what Falkreath Hold's going to be? Like is the dungeon just the entire zone and you're just, you know, doing the entire zone? I hope not. Yeah, that's... Because I'm not a, not a dungeon person as much as I'd like to, you know, just... Walk around the zone without getting interrupted and yeah. enjoy the whatever. And Falkreath you, you know was what? one of my favorite zones because it's that thick pine forest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I exactly. I would love just to walk around and and uh, gather. Like you know that that would be wonderful. But if it's a dungeon, you can't do that, and that would really yeah. annoy me. So that's that's my concern. It could be off base, but we don't know. And the fact it's Falkreath hold, well. All we really know is that Falkreath Hold was also the name of the entire, you know, subsection in mm-hmm. in uh, Skyrim. So, if they're being lazy in that regard and going, okay, you know, here you go, you're you're getting Falkreath Hold as a dungeon, so we don't have to put quest in it. I I would be very upset. Uh, it's a valid uh, concern. Yeah, and so again, we'll, it's only hope not. yeah. It's only going off the fact that we don't know anything else other than the fact that its name is identical to mm-hmm. the name of the hold. You know, so, I mean, hey, could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Please tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. you know, a small section. But if not, I I would be upset. I got turned yeah, around. I guess we'll see. Yep. So when the Horns of Reach launches some additional information, the base game will also get a major free update like in every dlc mm-hmm. uh this update will include a new battlegrounds map arcane university and the new battlegrounds rule set chaos ball in addition to new homes furnishing cosmetics crown crates and holiday events this update will be available to all eso players though only morrowind owners will 
so only Morrowind owners will have access to the battlegrounds content, even if they don't pick up Horns of Reach. Right. And uh, so I that like that the Horns of Reach. Yeah, I'm glad they made that distinction too, because I knew there was going to be somebody going. Wait a minute. You know, you said this is a free base upgrade. Why can't I just play the two battlegrounds dungeons? They were yeah. supposed to be part of this, right? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> that is not going to be the case. <laughs> battlegrounds yep. are still within it. Um, so I guess yeah. The next uh, the next one, which this is that was Q three, which is I guess August or July ish or whatever timeline. You know, end of summer, and then there'll be the fall one as well, which is the one that we're going to talk about yeah. now which is Clockwork City. Now, I forgot to mention in uh, the Tales section, but I've, I completed Wardenfell's main quest, so I am more interested in Clockwork City than I was before. So this is exciting. Okay. And I will, uh, you know, I'll read it in a way that you will understand the most exciting part about it. All right. Explore even more of Soda Seal's Clockwork City in this major new DLC game pack coming to ESO. Daedric forces are at work once again, and your help is needed to prevent disaster. With more than 10 hours of fresh content, Clockwork City will keep you busy later this year. And we'll have a few surprises in store. Clockwork City is a standard DLC game pack and does not require the user to purchase more than blah blah. With more than 10 hours of fresh content, Clockwork City will not keep anyone busy any time of this year. (laughs) What is 10 hours? I was actually going to... It's one Sunday. I was going to say 10 hours. Like, that feels uh, remarkably less than some of the other DLC. I'm not really sure. Is Thieves Guild... Was Thieves Guild more or equal to? Like, I... You are playing... You have been playing Thieves Guild. Does it feel like 10 hours? uh, It feels like an eternity to me, so I might not be (laughs) the best judge, but... uh... I mean, 10 hours does sound like, you know, too short. It does seem like a really small amount of time. Then again, I completed Metro 2033 um, yeah. 2033 in eight hours. So, yeah, but shooters like it. Okay. All right. Well, shooters are generally not considered to have wonderful yeah. stories. So, <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, I first realized this when Miss Biz on Twitter mentioned it, and we thought it was a typo. Yeah. Typing, you know, like it, it, maybe it was supposed to be 100 hours, right. which would make sense. Um, but the art I am currently reading from the Bethesda.net article, but on the other scrolls online.com article, it also says 10 hours, and on an article on MMORPG.com, it again says 10 hours. So I guess it's true that it's 10 hours. Yeah, of, 10 I mean, hours. it does say it's more than 10 hours of fresh content, but if it was 20 hours, it would say more than 20 hours of fresh content. So I'd assume it's 11 hours or something like that. <laughs> no, you you would be correct in this. Like I I agree. There's, it does feel remarkably short for what what you're gonna get right. Mm-hmm. Um, now the oh Elden Root, that's where I'm heading. Um, so I I have kind of a lore complaint, and yep. again, I guess we I could have this argument with uh, with Lawrence Schick. I guess that would be that would be adequate. Um, we don't actually know where the clockwork city is, is right. Like no one knows. Um, but from everything that I've seen and everything that I've heard and all the theories that we have, and even in game, it kind of hints that 
the Clockwork City is somewhere on mainland Morrowind, meaning not Vardenfell, right? It's not on Vardenfell is what they've been saying, and somewhere closer to where Amalexia's city was. So some people thought it might be over along that Telvanni coast area, that uh, the, the one loop. If you look at the map right now, like I have it on the stream, uh, the, that one little hook of land that's around there. Some say it's on that mountain range between Skyrim and um, Deshaun-ish area, like that one area of the map that you can look at right now that's not colored in is where some people are thinking it is. Um, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is if you look at the image, and uh, again, it'll be on the uh, in the podcast description. You'll be We'll have a link to this on the Bethesda.net article. And when I'm looking at this thing, does it not look deserty to you? It doesn't uh, seem to fit the landscape yeah. of Morrowind, period, unless you were looking at somewhere in maybe the Ashlands. And even... Even the color, because it's more sandy, kind of makes me feel like this is somewhere related to like the uh, the Dwemer that were in um, the Alakir Desert in those areas. The 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 um, oh, what was the name of their clan? I can't remember the name of the clan of the Dwemer, but it feels deserty. And he, but then I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe it's just all the machines that killed the land around it. But if you look at there are trees. Those trees look like swamp trees, don't they? Kinda. But uh, I'll just say this. Um, I know you haven't started playing the Wardenfell questline. Yeah. So I do have some ideas and information about this, but it will be spoilers from the Wardenfell main questline. So I can't. So I'm holding back on those. All right, that's... I encourage you to play uh, Wardenfell. That's fine. Even even had I played it, we probably would have not said it just because you know yeah, for people yeah. who haven't um yeah um and that's great but even even if what they're saying comes out i feel like it's still messing with lore in terms of the where the city location is because the picture again it could just be the picture but from what i'm thinking i'm thinking closer to alakir desert ish or like deserty area not mainland morrowind which is where we've already been, like possibly Stone Falls, but Stone Falls had a very uh, gray palette from all the volcano yeah. ash. Yeah. That is that picture is specifically yellow desert, desert sand. That does look like more Alakir. Yeah. Then, but, then again, I mean, I'm not familiar with Clockwork City lore any more than uh, it, it it was mentioned in the in the Morrowind uh, expansion. So I'm not sure. Like, right. if you asked me earlier, I would just say, you know, it's sort of seal. It's one of the tribunal. It's more should be in Morrowind. Yeah, but, I mean, you have but some. But now I don't know. Like, if it was something like that, uh, you probably wouldn't have this. But I'm pretty sure uh, they they've said like it's not stop. part of mainland Morrowind. Like, because even if everything, I, not part of mainland Morrowind, part of Vardenfell, because that was Vivex mm-hmm. Island right that's vivex island and that's pretty much said that he's the one who's on vardenfell everyone else is on mainland morrowind Mm -hmm. so i i yeah i just feel like uh if this turns out to be somewhere you know oh it's somewhere in uh in in um vardenfell 
I'll be like, well, then that's just not right with the lore, right? Like the yeah. lore is completely wrong at this point. You're, they're they're messing. Oh, I don't with think it. they would do it like that, though. I like, think you know, they because, would. I mean, it's no. Here's the thing: there are times Elder Scrolls Online kind of you know pushes the lore, mm-hmm. but this is like they don't have to do it on this instance. In this instance, no, because they, you don't. first, if it's in Vardenfell. Um, then you people uh, would need uh, Morrowind upgrade to access this, but this is a DLC, so people without Morrowind expansion should still be able to access this. So, well, you got a point. They probably wouldn't put it in Wardenfell in that regard. Well, they could also just make it a a place on the map like what you see with um, Imperial City, the Imperial City dungeons. Even though those require the DLC to... Well, I mean, they will obviously require the DLC. But, I mean, those dungeons are just a dungeon icon on the map on some place that's not uh, accessible. But, I don't know. Well, no, it would have to be an entire zone. This isn't a dungeon. It's an entire zone. Clockwork City is an entire zone. Because, you know, depending on... It's not an instance dungeon. There's 10 hours of content. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, you see what I did there? Um, Yeah. Yeah, 10 hours worth of content on this. That's quest content, I'm assuming. So I don't foresee them actually having it, uh, you know, just being an instance, right? So yeah. there, there is that to consider. But all right. I guess Still, you've got to play Vardenfell main uh, quest. I'm working it's my visually my, one of the most stunning quests I've seen, by the way. It's just too great. <laughs> I want to share screenshots, but I just can't share them because you haven't played it. So I think I'm probably going to start Vardenfell right after I'm done with uh, Thieves. Well, see, I really can't do that because I'm pretty sure that... Uh, or I haven't done Orsinium yet. Who cares? Leave the orcs Yeah, themselves. but there, apparently there's hints on that one, so it's going to feel awkward if uh, there's hints on that one about you know what happens i didn't complete orsinium i didn't feel awkward so yeah <laughs> uh, and mirnet and chat your choice your choice i, mean. I know mirnet and chat actually <laughs> makes a good point because eso has messed up on the lore already uh because they wanted to make it so it was familiar for everybody so Vardenfell, for instance uh or not Vardenfell. um cyrodiil cyrodiil was supposed to be a jungle in the second era but i kind of remember watching a YouTube video about Talos and how he, you know, when Talos became the emperor, well, uh, more like uh, Tiber Septim became the emperor, uh, the Cyrodiil wasn't all jungly or foresty or whatever. But when he uh, acquired, what what was it? The godlike power, god power? Chim, Kaim, whatever you yeah, Kaim. Uh, uh, he actually made... Mm-hmm. Cyrodiil into a jungle or something like that. He, so, he made it from a jungle or into the fertile past land. Like it's been said, that's how he did it. Um, but the way that it was described in the books was, oh, it was just a literal translation error, and they meant to say, mm-hmm. you know, Cyrodiil was like a jungle, and that there was all these politics, you know, like the welcome to the jungle, you know, like that kind <laughs> of junk. Like and it's just like, oh. They just totally crapped on the lore. I mean, that's what it okay, was. That okay. Cyrodiil was a jungle, like you know, like what we saw with um, uh, uh, 
Elden Root and things like that. It was mm-hmm. a tropical jungle, but when uh, Tiber Septum, Halty Earlybeard, whatever you want to call him at this point, because he didn't become Talos until later, um, he he changed it to a land that would be more suitable for his people. That was what mm-hmm. he specifically did. Um, and they they were trying to take away from that because they're like, well, if we made it a jungle, no one would recognize it. We want it to be recognizable to, you know, um, to what uh, what people played in Oblivion. You know, like that's yeah. what we want. And yeah, there's so. also the you know uh, performance issue as well as uh, if you made the whole thing into a thick jungle, then open world pvp might get hindered because people would keep just running zigzagging between trees and stuff like that that might be a problem as well yeah i mean possibly but in all honesty i i I still think it was just the fact that they're like no we want uh we want um you know people to feel like they're playing oblivion right like that yeah marketing that's that's an obvious choice to take make right yeah, that's like ex- how many how many people uh, would know that Cyrodiil was a jungle in Second Era, in comparison to how many people would feel, hey, this is Oblivion. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. That's honestly wait probably why they did it was because you know they wanted people to feel like it was Oblivion, kicking that nostalgia. They didn't really mm-hmm. care about the lore. I mean, clearly they didn't care about the lore. So yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's, uh, kind of it for that, right? Yep. That's it for the news. We have emails though. We do have emails. If you forget. No, we do have emails. So let me Are go. you going to read them or do you want me to read them? Oh, I'll go ahead and read them. I'm, I'm to okay. a point now where I can kind of sit myself down and, and, and read these emails and things like that. So we're going to go ahead and All do right. that right now. So let me go ahead and pull up my emails. Uh, there it is. Cool. All right, so first up, we have uh, two uh, five-star reviews from iTunes from Lost Kenobi. Uh, Good podcast produced by people who love playing the game and the Elder Scrolls universe. Thank you so much for that. I mean, it's uh, a, well, I mean, I love the Elder Scrolls universe now more than, anyway, anyway. That's a, that's for other reasons, but yes, thank you so much, uh, Lossy Kenobi. That's awesome. Uh, Voodoo Taga, five stars. Just uh, rediscover this podcast after a long hiatus. Loving the current format and the random delves into lore discussion. Well, I hope that was true for tonight. <laughs> Definitely have to hop over to the website and put in a request for a specific lore topic. But in the meantime, really enjoying the topics and discussion. Keep up the excellent work. So definitely thank you right there. Finally... Um, we have an email from Pylon, uh, just a note on timed offers. Um, Hey guys, just listened to episode 144 and your rant about time purchases. And I want to, and I wanted to include some insight onto why these things happen from someone who worked in games before. If you want to release a big ticket items in the game, you almost always have to make them time limited or you cannibalize all other sales. Say you release a house that everyone wants and they don't set a time limit. Now you give people a chance to save up. On paper, that sounds nice, but you know what people who are are saving for uh, something don't do? They don't buy things. So if you release this, and then they want to release any other smaller content, you're going to see a noticeable drop in sales in a smaller ticket items because people feel they need to save for the big items. 
there uh there's way more to it than that and it's just um and that is really just a high level problem but it just wanted to let you uh know it's not just a way to force scarcity uh let me know if you have any other questions or want to go further on this cheers uh so thank you uh pylon for that i mean you definitely hit on something that um that we did not hit on yeah uh, I, I actually didn't think of it from that perspective yeah i mean from a business perspective he's right no he is 100 percent right that is the best way to you know get money so mm-hmm. to speak right um and i'm not arguing for the merits of whether or not that time limited stuff don't sell i'm sure they do that's why they keep doing them um (laughs) because people look at them and they feel the need to jump in and buy it but that need is is what i'm arguing about that predatory type need of yeah you're right you would cannibalize all smaller sales that is very true i 100 percent agree but then also making it time limited the people who didn't have the crown saved up now go Oh, now I can't save up from subscription time to get it because by the time I get it, it'll be gone. So now I have to run and do an additional purchase on top of already subscribing if that's what you're doing. Um, and, and that's what they're counting on, right? The people having to do that. So, yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for the email. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, of course, if anyone wants to send us an email, head over to DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. You can select Contact Us, and you can do the drop-down list, select Tales of Tamriel, send us a message. We'd love to read it. And, Pylon, thank you so much for your email. Um, it's uh, – I, I really do appreciate it. it it's, it's good. It, it was a good email and great insight, definitely great insight, um, something we did not cover and it should have been covered. Um, but I, I still stand by my uh, by my statement that regardless, it's still predatory, and yeah, I, I don't like it. So, all right, Ark, anything else that you'd yeah. like to say before we uh, end this episode of Tales of Tamriel? If anyone from Elder Scrolls Online, Zenimax Online, is listening to this, please bring back the gray Yokodan charger to the Crown Store. <laughs> I want it on European side, but I don't have it. I want to buy it. It might Just be in the crown back. crates at some point. It was, I think, in one of the crown crates, but like, I'm not going to try and spend about a hundred bucks. Just try to get the, you know, the. If I were to try and get the Yokodan charger from the crown crates, I'd probably get all the apex uh, mounts and stuff like that, but not the Yokodan charger. <laughs> that's my rng like, i i would definitely get my money's worth just because i was trying to get the cheaper item just because you're getting the cheaper uh, item that's funny yeah. and i don't even like the apex mounts i want the i, I like yokonan charger is the best mount in the game it's simple mm-hmm. yet it's beautiful it's awesome i so i, I agree i tend to like the more uh the simple mounts as well so and, and armor everything like that i'm i hear you on that so i get where you're coming from so yeah, um, that's that's my final thought. Okay, um, all right, thank you. And of course, you can find Arkaneer over uh, Arkaneer. Oh, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, do do your. Ah, okay, yeah, right. Ah, um, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter.com/Arkaneer. Uh, I have a YouTube and Twitch channel that I don't, I barely use. Those are uh, YouTube.com/ArkaneerTV or Twitch.com/Arkaneer. My website is about to come up. That is arkaneer.com. 
which kind of like a resume site or a portfolio website for my uh, real life work as I've been working as a game developer. Well, trying to work as a game developer. Uh, so you can follow everything else in regards to what I do and what I'm busy with uh, from there from arcaneer.com. If you want to contact me about anything, that is that would be uh, the best way would be arcaneer at gmail.com. About how you spell Arcaneer, please check the description below because, <laughs> because I won't spell it. I, ha- I have links for that. You'll be fine there. Yeah. And um, <laughs> do you also want to give a shout-out for where you're working now, your, your uh, studio? We have a startup. I, I always forget that. I know. Uh, we have a startup. Uh, we are working in a startup, uh, our own game development studio called Angry Koala Studios. Uh, the name is not mine. Um, it's the founder and the co-founder's decision. Hey, I like it. I never really thought <laughs> of them fi- as angry before, but, you know, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can find that at um, twitter.com slash angrykoaladev, or uh, the links are available in engineer.com, my website as well. Well, will be available since the website is in maintenance mode right now, but I'll, I'll take that out. Cool. Uh, and yeah, yeah. See, what would you Thanks do without me? I'm telling you. I always have to remember <laughs> to tell you when to you know, promote yeah. your stuff correctly. <laughs> All right. So you can follow me, Ajelos, at uh, on Twitter. That's where you probably get me the most. Ajelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S underscore W-O-F. Uh, you can follow everything that we do for the network. DungeonCrawlNetwork.com, YouTube.com slash DungeonCrawlNetwork, Facebook.com slash DungeonCrawlNetwork. You're starting to see a trend here course our twitch channel is the same so pretty much that's where you want to search uh thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode of tales of tamriel we will be back next week with more hijinks in nern and we will probably see you well later we got another sermon to go over see you later everybody When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout, Red Diamond, Red Diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red Diamond, Red Diamond, protect us till the The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on seer it fell. And like a dart shot to its mark, down in an alien well. Magic effused the Lorcan blood to crystal red and strong. Then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost Nern to men, Akatosh gave the stone. To Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect.
us till the end Red diamond, red diamond Protect us till the end